the center, bracketed with the words Columbia University. Shrouds have no pockets to carry man's material possessions into the next world. However, it is customary for the deceased to be wrapped in his prayer shawl. Do you happen to have it with you? The pigeons cooing on the ledge below sounded almost human. A choir full of sorrow and regret and loss. Unintelligible, but almost human. Stone threw one leg over the railing, feeling dizzy exhilaration, a vein jumping in his wrist. He stood on the street side of the railing now as the pigeons chattered, beckoning him forward. You can fly like us, the pigeons teased. You have wings. Stone spread his arms wide and knew the black robe could just as easily be his own burial shroud. All he had to do was step forward, and the pain would be gone in a pure act of erasure. He could fill the empty space below him in an instant. Instead, he pulled a pack of matches from his pocket and lit a loosely rolled joint. As he inhaled the heat of the burning tip near his skin, he was reminded of the elemental power he held in his trembling hand. He dropped a match onto the street, lit another match, held it for a five count, nearly burning the tips of his fingers, and dropped it. A cluster of pigeons rose into the sky and scattered, a pungent rush of air blowing past on the updraft. A few streets over, a car alarm wailed. Looking across the river toward the city and the fading pink sunset, he could see from the monolithic twin towers and the crenellated spires of the Woolworth building all the way to the Chrysler building, halfway up the island, rising like a stainless steel rocket ship from the dissonant chaos of Midtown. He took another hit of his joint, pondering. This squat, ordinary apartment house set against a backdrop of brown brick tenement buildings was exactly the sort of end he deserved. As the smoke filled his lungs, his father, vibrant with life, appeared before him floating in the air, wearing a three-piece suit and half-moon glasses, a paragon of scholarly civility, shaking his colossal bald head in disapproval. Do it, his father said, with characteristic cruelty. You're nothing but a coward, Matthew. You're not even a shit-stain in my shorts. Would it make you proud? Stone said aloud, his voice weak. But the judge vanished as quickly as he had materialized. Now, in the cool air of the rooftop, a pigeon alighted on the railing beside Stone, strutting with stupid avian bravado. A challenge. He flapped his wings and disappeared into the sky. Stone spread his arms, the fabric fluttering in the wind. A single green iridescent feather floated in the air just out of Stone's reach, taunting him. I can do it if I want to! Stone shouted to the sky. It was strange how foreign his voice sounded to his ears in the thick evening air. But I won't! Because you want me to! He slumped against the railing, breathless, realizing he had made up his mind to live for now. Stone might have nodded off because the sky was dark, full of heavy black clouds rolling in high on the wind 
as eerie yellow lights came on in the streets between his tenuous perch and the river. Brooklyn looked somehow more lurid now that night had fallen, its low buildings more shabby. Its windows were filling with broken silhouettes of WIC-assisted poor bent over dinner plates and the blue glare of their televisions. Rooftop water tanks hunched like wild things about to spring. Disembodied renegade shouts filled the air, the streets below burning with anger freed by the cover of darkness. Manhattan, too, looked different. Its jagged spine illuminated, lights flaring along the length of the island like torches lit by primitives in another age. Stone heard footsteps at his back, and then, What the fuck are you doing? It was Pinky. Stone had almost forgotten, amid the bewildering whirlwind of emotions.